Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Hey y'all, we're back for another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast dedicated to keeping the Christmas spirit around 366 days a year. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. And I'm Tom. <laughs> oh, I was muted, sorry. And I'm Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so can How I start else? by apologizing to some of our listeners? Why? <laughs> because there were five people who... <laughs> earned themselves to the podcast stickers that I was going to send down and then months passed and I just got them in the mail today. <laughs> Welcome to so, my life with so Bridget. I just want I just want to say to Mike Barlow, Carrie Brown, Jamie Stevens, Evan Orwin, and Martin Ashitz, your stickers are on the way. They should technically be there by the time you hear this episode. But <laughs> sorry for the delay. Life gets in the way. Life uh, finds a way. There you go. <laughs> well, they get an extra shout out on the episode, so yeah, it's a bonus, right? Is that quote? How are that... January's going? Well, it's like I said to you off camera. Surprisingly fast for January. Mine's been like that too. What about yours, Tom? I can't believe how quickly it's gone by. We just realized we have three weeks to plan Ellie's birthday. Eddie. We have three weeks to plan Ellie's birthday party. How old is she going to be this year? Six? Four. Oh. Six. Why did I think she was five? That's cool. And you have like no ideas? Like truly start to finish plan? I'm we sure Christine we're gonna has some awesome ideas. We're going to do a, I think we're going to do a garden theme so the kids can like plant, make plants, like make, like plant idea. plants and take them home, make planters, that sort of fun thing. Oh, that'll be That's neat. Awesome. That's a great yeah. idea. Speaking of great ideas, I found our next Patreon movie guy. Is that real? Oh my gosh. There's, I don't it think... is a real it is real. Then let's get this on the calendar like now. <laughs> the movie is called Velocipastor. <laughs> and the li- <laughs> and the little IMDB Amazon summary is after losing his parents, a priest travels to China, where he inherits a mysterious ability that allows him to turn into a dinosaur. At first horrified by this new power, a prostitute convinces him to use it to fight crime and ninjas. Man. So when you say we're going to do it on Patreon, you mean like an MST3K thing, right? Yeah, obviously. We have to. I just wanted to verify. <laughs> because I saw that I it was and joke. I was like yeah I thought it was too I mean it's obviously a joke I mean it's a joke <laughs> that somebody funded and, and made right it's, uh, I can't wait to see it 
It's seventy percent on Rotten Tomatoes, y'all. What? It's five point seven on IMDb, and four point eight on Google. I can't wait to see this thing. We got to get that on the schedule. Oh my gosh, I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> I wish I had some quick, you know, dinosaur religious pun to go there, but I didn't <laughs> do those prepared. even exist? Uh, I think you started out with it, and that was Anthony. Uh, life uh, finds a way. <laughs> there you go. Nice. I really thought said that you were leading into this. This is like an amazing looking movie with a great $35,000 budget. <laughs> oh, crap. I can't wait. All right. Well, other things we're looking forward to. We all three of us have been looking forward to doing Brooklyn Nine-Nine on the podcast for, I mean, at least a year. Um, I think it was probably about a year ago. Y'all told me I needed to watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And then Ethan told me I needed to watch it. And so I did start watching it and I love it. So all of that has been leading up to this moment where we get to discuss the Christmas episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I like how you took, it took your teenage son to recommend it before you took our advice. I mean. (laughs) Well, I mean, life uh, finds a way. (laughs) It was a little extra boost, right? Because I taught Ethan about the office and friends. So it's like he knows, right, like what my taste is. And so for him to also say Brooklyn Nine-Nine is awesome, you need to watch it. I mean, we'll get into the behind the scene, the creative team behind this. But, I mean, we've talked about it before. This guy creates some of the best modern shows. I don't have any of that information up, so let me pull that up real quick. Okay. So Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um. No shocker here since it's been quoted and mentioned on the show before that we all really like this show. So this should be a positive episode. So Brooklyn Nine-Nine was initially on NBC, right? No, it was initially on Fox. Fox. It was initially on Fox. And so this is gray to me. It started on Fox and was it, it was canceled at some point, right? Yes. And there was this Correct. massive uproar in the community. I remember y'all being a little bit in uproar because it was recently, right, that they so yes. then just in the past few years, Fox said no more. And so yep. then it was picked up by NBC. Is that right? Correct. Just last season, right? Okay. Correct. Which makes more sense, though, when you think about the other shows it's related to. Oh, it makes Yes, it, it does. On, which it belongs is... on NBC. But yeah, NB- the funny NBC. thing about that is NBC initially passed on it when they pitched the pilot, which is why Fox got it to begin with. And then, yeah, I think they got some buyer's remorse. They got some uh, FOMO. They felt some FOMO when they saw the fan base on Fox. So they swooped it back sure. up. Smart on their part. I'm sure it will be added to the new NBC streaming service in the future. But for now, those of you Hulu watchers can watch all of your Brooklyn Nine-Nine there on Hulu for I don't know how much time is left on that. Uh, well, Hopefully Peacock longer. debuts in May, I believe, right? That sounds right. But they won't immediately cut it off. They didn't do that with... No, that's true. Like the Marvel shows, they phased them out of Netflix. Anyway, watch it while you can or sign it for yet another streaming service. And tune in for the new season, which starts in like a week from when you're listening to this. Nice. 
So the creators of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you've probably seen one or two things from them previously. It's Daniel Gore and Michael Shore. Shore. Perfect. Michael Shore, who Anthony just told me was Moe's on on the office that I did not realize. He, so that's uh, super fun to find out. <laughs> yes, they they he agreed to play Moe's because it was originally just for a picture of Dwight and Moe's. He didn't think he'd have to reprise the neck beard in future episodes when they kept writing him in as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I just like watching him run. Um, oh, that's my so, favorite. Yeah, he's known writing credits. He's known for Saturday Night Live, which shouldn't be shocker given some of the people he's worked with tend to be SNL alums. Um, also, the comeback TV series, The Office, heard of that once or twice, Parks and Rec. He did an episode of Black Mirror. Um, he's known for The Good Place. He's known for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So lots of comedy there. Some comedy we agree on, some we don't. <clears throat> the Good Place. Right, Tom? You didn't care for The no. Good Place? Yeah. Um, but consistently well-received, funny, funny, funny shows. Our cast should also be familiar. We'll do cast and then we'll do our histories with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Sound good? Sounds awesome. Works for me. Okay. So heading up our cast of Brooklyn Nine-Nine is Andy Samberg. He plays Jake Peralta in the show. He's our main character. You'll know him mostly from Saturday Night Live. He's also done a lot of voice work. Um, he was Johnny in the Hotel Transylvania animated series. He's a member of the Lonely Island musical parody group. Um, he was also a voice in Storks. Um, he's one of my favorite guest starring spots in Parks and Rec. And he's been in some other random comedy movies. Question. Do you like Andy Samberg or do you not like Andy Samberg? Or you're just kind of meh? This is the only thing I like Andy Samberg in. He gives me too he gives me too many Adam Sandler vibes, and we know how I feel about Adam Sandler. Uh, I really like him in a lot of stuff. I liked his briefs, his uh, I liked a lot of the SNL stuff he did. Um, but I did like early Adam Sandler too, so that's probably where we disagree, uh, Anthony. I like his stuff that he does with Justin Timberlake. The Lonely Island. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um but his movies that he's done have not been big hits for me. I didn't like that's my, uh, oh, have you done his movies yet? No, that's all I put on there. So keep right. going. Yeah. Because I didn't his, like that's my movies. boy, which he did with Adam Sandler. I did not like pop star. That was just insufferable. Mm-hmm. Hot, Hot Rod was bad. Um, I do. He does great voice work though, Anthony. You say you only like him in this, but he does really good voice work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, this is the only live action thing I like him in. Cause I do like the Hotel Transylvania series, honestly. Mm-hmm. He was on... Uh, I love Storks. I was really surprised by Storks. I haven't seen it. He was on Bob's Burgers. Mm-hmm. Have y'all, did y'all watch the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance at all? Yes. Is that the new one? Uh-huh. No, I haven't seen it. It's good. Is it good? See a voice on that too? Yep. Awesome. The, the heretic. Yeah, I'm a. I am not. I like Adam. I like Andy Samberg and his SNL skits, but that's about as much as I can handle of him. Well, um, do you like him on this, obviously? Is, 
which is why I never watched this. And Ethan was like, oh, you've got to watch it. And I'm like, I don't like Andy Samberg. I don't like looking at his face. I'm not a fan. He's super annoying. And I do like Adam Sandler. So I'm like right between you two. Huh. But I love him after this show. Right. I love him in this show. Yes. I've thought about going back and trying to watch some of his movies that I didn't like before. Now that I'm so into yeah. him as an actor, you know, I love his, his character here, but I just can't bring myself to do it. Yeah, I think I like Jake Peralta a whole lot. Mm. I don't but think it has a whole lot to do with Andy Samberg. I don't think I would like Andy Samberg and Jake Peralta as much if it weren't for the rest of the cast. This is just an yes. amazing cast. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the same thing with, you know, had I been like uh, Michael Scott, you would not have liked uh, Steve Carell as Michael Scott without his ancillaries there, right? Right. Definitely. Not. I mean, these are these are just like The Office, just like Parks and Rec, just like The Good mm. Place. They're all ensemble shows. I think I would have liked. I think I would have liked Leslie Nope, no matter who they put her with. But they're all ensemble. Right. The no, strength you're right. is the ensemble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, going on, we have Melissa Fumero, who plays who plays Amy Santiago. Um, and when we started, when I started looking into this movie, I didn't know anything about her before. I was shocked to see that she came from soap operas because they are so terrible. Uh, yeah. At the, at the acting is so terrible, but she was in two of them on One Life to Live and All My Children. And One Day, oh, one day at a Time is not a soap opera. Never mind. <laughs> I don't know what One Day at a Time is, but she did. She had a one-time role. I thought One Day life. at a Time was a soap opera. Isn't One Day at a Time... One day at a time. I thought it was that. Like, no, it is definitely Hispanic not a show on Netflix. Like oh. that remake of the eighty show or the seventy show. It was a seventy show originally. Yeah. Anyway, she had a little run on Gossip Girl. Like we said, one day at a time, and that's really it. So she yeah, was I, brand, I didn't she was recognize. Brand new her. to me. She is a cutie McCute face. She's super cute. She She plays this character really well. The neurotic Amy Santiago. She reminds me a bit of Hermione in her overachievingness. I could see that. That's fair. Uh, So the next character happens to be, I think, my favorite on the show. (laughs) That is Captain Holt. Played by Andre Brow- Andre Brower, and he's been in quite a few things over the course of his career. He was in Kojak, Primal Fear, City of Angels. He had a main role in Homicide: Life on the Streets. He was in Frequency. He had a lead role in Gideon's Crossing, Hack, Poseidon, The Mist, Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer. Passengers, Law and Order SVU, and he was also House's therapist on House when House was in the mental institution. I forgot about that. And I think yeah, he, he, he was a therapist and Lin-Manuel Miranda was his roommate. <laughs> so No, for real? Yep. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. We're also forgetting where he, he also had the role of Captain Raymond Holt on New Girl. And... what. Wait, he, he crossed, really? this crossed over with New Girl? It did. I did not know oh, that. Oh, I didn't know that. 
That's it cool. did. And he's also a voice, which is just shocking because of the characters he plays. He's also a voice on BoJack Horseman. Oh, I did know that. <laughs> I love BoJack Horseman. He does have a great voice. I love him. He does have a great voice. I love voice. him so much. In this Next role up, and other roles, I just really love him. Next up is my favorite character on the show. Are you serious? I love, love Terry okay. too. That's all right. So our next character is Terry Jeffords, played by Terry Crews. Um, you will know Terry Crews by his gigantic biceps, for one, um, and also from some parts he's played in some movies. So he was in Friday After Next, Starsky and Hutch, White Chicks, The Longest Yard, Idiocracy, Norbit, Falls of Fury, Get Smart. He was in a bunch of episodes of Everybody Hates Chris. He was in The Expendables 1, 2, and 3 because of said biceps. Uh, also in Bridesmaids, The Newsroom, um, TV show Are We There Yet? I called out Arrested <laughs> Development because y'all are fans. Um, yes, he was he in was. Deadpool 2. And he's in the upcoming, I didn't know this was coming out, John Henry movie. Like, he's John Henry, right? Like, he's got to be John Henry. Yeah, oh yeah, he is. Oh, okay. I'm excited. I don't know anything about it, but I love... I love the John Henry story. It's one of my favorites. So it's like Terry Crews. Day, though it's like a weird. It's it's gonna be cool. Oh, uh, can I just say my favorite Terry Crews of all times is by far his role as President Camacho in Idiocracy. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling you'd mentioned it because you love that movie, don't you? I used to. I watched it recently, and it's just really depressing now. Oh, because it's accurate. <laughs> yeah. Too real now. It is. Too real. Too real. I will say he is a really, really good host of reality shows. So he hosted America's Got Talent, I think is the one that he hosted. And we have a tendency in the Colburn house to put on whatever reality talent show is on just as background noise. And he's delightful. I wasn't sure how he'd be, but he's delightful. Whoa, he, had, he was on American Dad. I didn't know that. He had the best role in White Chicks. As <laughs> do, you, do you remember him in that movie? I do. <laughs> as the rich black guy who was really attracted to one of the Wayne's brothers in the White Chick. <laughs> and oh every time that song came on the radio and he would sing with it, cracks me up every time. <laughs> this is my favorite Terry Crews, his role in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm-hmm. Next, we have Stephanie Beatrice, and she plays Rosa Diaz. Um, see, it's hard because now I'm like, oh well, I really like Rosa too. They're all just—I <laughs> love this. I love just love this show. I, really I love Rosa. She's one of my favorites. She was in You're Not You, Pee Wee's Big Holiday, The Lego Movie Two, a few episodes of Modern Family, and in the upcoming movie In the Heights. She's another. Cutie I'm so excited face. about that movie. What is that? That's it's uh, Lin Manuel Miranda's <gasps> origin story. Musical, yeah, based on the yeah. musical. So excited. Me too. So one of my least favorite characters on the show, but not the least favorite. My least favorite, second least favorite, <laughs> is Joe Latruglio, who plays Charles Boyle, Jake Peralta's How? partner. How do you not like uh, him? 
we'll get to that in his more Christmas centric episodes. But he, he was in Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah, he State was. Agent, Pitch, Super Bad, Paul, Pitch Perfect 1 and 2, Wreck It Ralph. Uh, and he had a role in I Love You, Man. Did you mention Role Models? I love that movie. And ro- what movie? No. Role Models? With um, he was with Andy Samberg in that as well. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Paul Rudd, Sean William Scott, Andy Samberg. Who else? Andy McLovin. Chin Jung. McLovin. McLovin. What is that guy's real name? Everyone just knows him as McLovin. I don't have any idea. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> He still looks so like Charles a 16 Boyle, He was Ethan's favorite for the first season. And then when Ethan got to the second season, he was like, he's weird now. Like, real weird. I liked him <laughs> I liked a lot him. better when he, he was, like, into Rosa and pining after her before he got married and had mm-hmm. the kid. Uh, he was also the voice of Amer- – and uh, he was also voices in American Dad and Bob's Burgers. Hmm. Lots of voice actors in this cast. Currently doing it as well. Oh, and how can we forget he played John Adams in Drunk History? He did. He did. And Al Capone. There's quite a few really yeah, that good. have done Drunk History episodes as well. I love Drunk History. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was on News Girl. He was on New Girl as Charles Boyle. Hmm. I need to hunt that episode down. I have not finished the series. So No, neither I have I. Although those Christmas episodes, I said before, should make the list because they had some good Christmas ones. No, I haven't finished Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, really? I haven't finished New Girl either. But yeah, I haven't finished it yet. I stalled out when Castle Rock came on and I haven't picked it back up yet. You should (laughs) finish it when you were in bed with the flu because it's such easy watching. I know I should have. Our next cast member, and I'm wondering if this is your least favorite, Tom... Or Abs- Anthony. Absolutely, it is my least favorite. Okay, is Gina Linetti, played by Chelsea Peretti. <laughs> um, she hasn't done a lot, really. She was in a one episode of Parks and Rec. She was in Game Night and then just like one-off appearances, small appearances in comedies. Um, not a ton to note. She's the secretary, you know, receptionist. Annoying. She grew Very on annoying. me, though, I will say. Um, yeah she at first i really couldn't stand her really hit her she gets laughs out of me now yeah she's really hit or miss for me you know who she reminds me of for me for whatever reason she reminds me of john ralphio's sister and it just drives me nuts (laughs) oh yeah yeah i can see that yep next up we have dirk blocker who plays hitchcock um, I'm just really glad you didn't say Hitchcock and Salt Gully were your least favorites. Um, well, they're they're in the bottom half too. Like the bottom, these last four no, that we listed they, are in my bottom half. When they hit though, when they have an episode where they hit, they hit hard, man. <laughs> I like them better than they hit the a lot time. harder than Gina Linetti does. That's, That's for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, now Dirk has done. He's done a lot. He was in a uh, Chips. Back in 1978, he was on Little House on the Prairie, MASH, Poltergeist, Hunter, MacGyver, 
21 Jump Street, Quantum Leap, Murder, She Wrote, Walker, Texas Ranger, The X-Files, ER, and Criminal Minds. I don't think we've ever talked about the show Walker, Texas Ranger, but I feel like we should uh, see if they have Christmas episodes. <laughs> so, yeah, side Is note so- on that one. They're remaking it? They are remaking it. Are they really? With oh uh, Sam from Supernatural, a.k.a. Dean from Gilmore Girls. Oh, he's so cute. Cutie McHugh face. So we were, he is super cute. Um, we were at Target on Saturday night, just looking around. And so we were back with like the Funkos and stuff. And they had a board game and Gabe had picked it up. And he pointed to a picture, an animated like drawing, whatever, on the back of the board game. And he's like, mom, is this Jesus? And it was a white man with brown shaggy hair, beard. Was it Manson? Head, scarf. Denim vest, bare chest, jeans. <laughs> and I'm like, no, baby, that's Chuck Norris. <laughs> that's not Jesus. <laughs> but he did for a split second. And then he's like, who's Chuck Norris? And I'm like, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> that's not Jesus. He that's does funny. not have a, a six pack, I don't think. But maybe. I don't he know. He does in all the pictures. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure he have red hair. Well, he had a red bandana tied around his head in a okay gotcha warlike fashion yeah um, any christ maybe <laughs> <laughs> as my red-headed sister-in-law says herself um okay so our last cast member and kind of the dynamic duo of hitchcock and scully is scully and um, played by joel mckinnon miller he really did study opera growing up so all the, you know, random singing that he does is, I mean, I knew it wasn't dubbed, but I was just kind of surprised that he actually studied it. Um, he's also been around for a really long time. So he was on episodes of Murphy Brown, The Commish, Picket Fences. He was on The Truman Show. He appeared in an episode of The X-Files, ER. He was in The Family Man, previously covered by Tiz's podcast. He was also in Rush Hour 2, Men in Black 2, Boston Legal, Super 8, American Horror Story, and he was on the show Good Luck Charlie. So for for those of you who haven't seen this show, Scully and Hitchcock would most likely be, would most closely be like Jerry from Parks and Rec or Creed from The Office. Those are probably their two closest comparisons. Much Um, more, much more Jerry, because they're for Scully. Much more Jerry for Scully, more Creed for Hitchcock. Yep. Yep. That's our cast. Histories with Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um y'all know mine. You know, it's a pretty recent in the last year I started watching it. I haven't finished it yet. But Anthony, what's your history? So when this show premiered on Fox, I did not watch it the first season it was on air because similar to you, Julia, it had Andy Sandberg in it and I was not an Andy Sandberg fan. But um all my friends who love The Office, love Parks and Rec, love this show, told me I would love this show. So decided to give it a shot, and I did. And I still think it doesn't get as much love as it deserves compared to The Office and Parks and Rec, which get a lot of love, mm-hmm. or The Good Place, which Michael Shore also did, which gets a lot of critical love. Uh, this one, for some reason, has is often considered the black sheep of those four. Um, and it shouldn't be because it's awesome. I mean, I've, right, I've uh, to some controversy ranked 
those four on this show before, and this is right up there with The Office for I'm me. I'm controversy. So. so, yeah. What about you, Tom? Uh, I did start watching it back at season one, episode one, and have watched it ever since. I love it. It's hilarious. Uh, the premise of it looked really funny. Um, I wasn't that excited about it because it was Andy Samberg, and he, like I had said before, he's always been really hit or miss for me. But I saw the trailer and knew I wanted to watch the show. I was up in quite a tizzy when they canceled it and rejoiced mm-hmm. when they brought it back. Yeah, me too. Nagging works. <laughs> Nagging. So, Anthony, I'm curious. How many episodes of the show did it take for you to be hooked? Uh, like when I started? It was, it was probably yeah. like... Uh, I don't know. Usually, probably the first three. Yeah, like okay. it was. It wasn't the first one. The first one didn't grab me right away. But mm-hmm. in the show's defense, the first episode of The Office and Parks and Rec didn't grab me right away either. It took a few to get. For, right. I mean, I mean, the hardest episode of any TV show to write, they say, is the pilot because you don't know the characters mm-hmm. or the actors who are going to play them. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it takes a few episodes for them to become who they are. So not the show's fault right this one hooked me faster than the office me i was gonna Um, say the same thing this one got me quicker than the office or parks and rec i mean this one for me parks and rec and this one were were, because i loved parks and rec pretty much immediately this one got me Um, quicker than i was surprised at how fast i didn't start parks and rec from the beginning and so i didn't like it until i went back and watched the first watched it from episode one season one But once I did, nice. ooh, I was hooked. Yeah. yeah. And The Office at the beginning was so different. We talked about that when we did The Office. That was still when they were remaking, so remaking the British show rather than doing its own thing. That was intentional. Oh, no, I know it was. But I'm saying, like, it was so different than what most people ended up falling in love with. Yeah, I just found it really yeah, interesting. Like, like I, never heard, I never heard people say, man, The Office went downhill after season one. <laughs> no. No. I, uh, I was just interested to hear that perspective on, on that choice from The Office ladies. Like, where they talked about that they, they, in the first episode, they go through all of that. Are, you, really are you listening to that? That's such a good podcast. It's so cool. Are you, are you caught up on it? The, no. Oh, the Halloween episode, Creed is a guest star, and he's actually really funny and insightful. Oh, my gosh. That's I'm looking forward to it. All right. So there are four Christmas episodes in the long, well, in the continuing run of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, so cover those four here. Um, season one, episode 11 was titled Christmas. It's their first Christmas episode. Um, and the synopsis goes like this. Captain Holt receives death threats from a criminal he wants arrested, and Jake is tasked with protecting him. Meanwhile, a nervous Terry is evaluated to go back in the field, and Amy tries to get Rosa to smile for a group Christmas card picture. So any episode, away, do we like this one? Any episode that forces Jake and Captain Holt together is a win in my book. <laughs> Yep. So I love the fact that they literally spend half of this episode handcuffed to one another, alone in a safe house. Yes, they do. It's a safe house. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also uh, liked um, I liked the Terry stuff in this episode too. 
So Terry, for those that haven't watched it, Terry's been out of the field because he, he panicked a little bit when he had his baby girls and he lost his nerve, lost his edge. Can, can I say about Terry? That, that I don't picture. think it's this episode, but when we ever, whenever we see his brother-in-law, I love his brother-in-law and just yeah. how like <laughs> unmasculine that <laughs> Terry feels in his presence. <laughs> yep. Um, he calls him his little little brother. He calls him something. I can't remember. <laughs> I really do like this episode. I like the fact that in the first that in the opening scene we burned down a Christmas tree lot. That's not this one. Oh, that's not no. this one. Was the one this where, where they the fight the Santa? Where they fight Santa? Where the the Santas yeah, are fighting? Charles okay. kicks him in the junk. Uh, Wild kids of- are watching. That's yeah, one of that's my right. fa- favorite quotes. I'm just going to go right there and say that uh, yeah. when uh, Jake is like, Charles, take down that one. And he's like, and he, oh, what was it? It was like, I haven't been put on the naughty list. I haven't been on the naughty list in 42 years and I'm not going to start today. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, but now, like, I'm... I said I love the Jake and Captain Holt stuff, but the uh-huh. side plot with the Christmas card was just really fun and cute too. Trying to get Rosa to smile. Right. It was like the perfect B plot. Yes, it was. And this episode spawned a whole lot of butt jokes throughout the rest of the first season and I think it even sure in the second did. season. Because at the end, Charles gets shot in the rear end trying to protect Rosa. So he saves her life and that storyline pushes through, you know, some episodes afterwards and generates a lot of really funny butt jokes. Really funny butt jokes. I was I afraid loved- when, when he was in love with Rosa, I was afraid they were trying to do some sort of like reject Ross and Rachel thing. Oh, really? Oh, I really was afraid that's where they were going. I liked Charles a lot better when he was into Rosa, when they were still dangling that before they did not. It humanized him a little more to me. More than when he's a dad? For Nikolaj? Uh, we'll get to that episode. <laughs> so the premise is that Jake has to be point on keeping Captain Holt protected because somebody sent him a death threat. And Captain Holt, the whole episode, he spends it saying it's it's not a credible threat when really we find out he wanted to go investigate it on his own because he knows exactly that it's a legitimate threat because this guy that he arrests, this what did he call him? The swim team killer? No. Or something like that. Hold on. What is it? The freestyle killer. The freestyle killer, the man. The freestyle killer. How come killer. All, your, all the killers you caught have such cool names? The best name I ever brought, I ever brought in was the Narrow Shoes Sam. <laughs> because he had narrow shoes, you know, I get Because he had narrow shoes. <laughs> yeah, I picked up on that. <laughs> um, so they end up working together to, you know, Jake still wants to keep him safe, but he wants to be buddy-buddy with Holt as well. And they develop this weird start of a relationship in this episode. Well, it's been building, I guess, across multiple episodes. But um, whenever we see young Ray Holt, by the way, in flashbacks to when he's a young detective with that (laughs) disco 70s mustache and look, just the look makes me laugh. 
Oh, I love mm-hmm. it. I love the uh, the disco strangler episode. <laughs> <laughs> it was what the yo-yo string. Is that right? <laughs> the yo-yo string. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Um. Do we have any favorite quotes? I think that's going to be the way we get yes. to this episode and all of the others. And it's when Holt is telling Peralta about the uh, freestyle killer or whatever. And Peralta's like, wow, I think I would have really gotten along with young Ray Holt. And Holt is like, yes, that's why I decided to change everything about my life. <laughs> um. You already did that. Just you already did that. that, that the I, that's right. Just kick Santa in the testicles. <laughs> Gosh, I like the um. So Peralta sets him up in a safe house, right, to keep Captain Hull safe. <laughs> I like the little four line run where he talks about a safe house. He says a hungry safe house is an unsafe safe house. <laughs> a fun safe house is a safe safe house. And my favorite one is. A safe house watching safe house is a safe, safe house. House. <laughs> he says, I actually like that movie. That really surprises me. I love this. I love the scene where they walk in and Jake says, this is his mom's apartment. He's like, just, put your, just, put your, just put your coat in the closet. That's a washroom. Oh, wash closet. <laughs> or water closet. And he's like, and he's like motel art. <laughs> like I just love the <laughs> observations he makes. Where he's like, "This isn't your mom's house. Where are the pictures of you?" <laughs> I, uh, so this episode started the running gag where Ray Holt doesn't want Christmas gifts from his staff, and Santiago is always determined to get him one because she's a suck up, a, eh? and she also just really likes him in general. But um. Mm-hmm. I love I love this gag throughout the series where she's just trying to constantly impress him and be his right hand man. So I love at the end when she finds out, you know, Jake was assigned to protect him. She's like, "Sir, I'm sure you had your reasons for going to Peralta, but this is exactly the type of job I would love to have." And Holt says, "Okay, next time someone threatens to kill me, I'll come straight to you." And she's like, "Thank you, sir. I can't wait." <laughs> <laughs> She does a lot of backtracking in the show. <laughs> I love it. She does. She does. Uh, the one thing I like about, uh, I don't think it comes up yet, but it will uh, in another episode. The one thing I like about Boyle is how he never knows how he sounds about things. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. Where he says really inappropriate things, like later where he says... Uh, <laughs> about his little man. I'll do anything to get a lift out of my little, out of my little guy. Just you have to know how wrong that sounds and you're both standing there in your boxer shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love i love that running gag oh. <laughs> especially when uh oh I'll, I'll bring it up when we get to the episode where uh gina and Boyle go to dinner with their parents i'm just so excited uh, to talk about i was disappointed that my favorite running gag wasn't in any of these four episodes the uh, this show's version no. of that's what she said title of your sex tape not a single oh. one how about that that must have been hard for you there we go there it is (laughs) um so i didn't so i didn't get the most christmas feels from this special from this episode uh the cards 
the card stuff was fun trying to get Diaz to smile because she never smiles on this show. And when she finally does smile, uh, neither of them had the camera ready or they, <laughs> they both thought uh, the other one was supposed to be taking the picture. And then mm-hmm. Scully comes over and gets a picture of, of uh, Diaz's face and, Diaz and Santiago's face instead. Yeah, I got a picture of you frowning. That's what you wanted, right? <laughs> oh... Yeah, I think the only really Christmassy thing are the Santas at the beginning. Yeah. And just the virtue but of in, her mentioning this card was a Christmas gift for Holt, but it's right. Still, yeah. In the end, um, is it, it's not Terry. Is it Terry? What? Jeffords? Is it Terry? No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. Okay. Um, in the end, he saves he saves Holt, which was nice. And then you also have Charles who saves Rosa with his rear end. Um, but this gets Terry back in the field, so to speak. Yeah, he's like, Terry, you passed your evaluation? Not exactly. And I love that they show Terry stamping his own papers. Yep. Would you say there's a Linus moment this episode? Yeah. I wouldn't say I it's like say, Christmassy, but Holt realizing he needs his whole team. Yeah, I yeah. would say. Yep. Yeah, but it's not really what Christmas is all about. No, it's about, it's about but family. But we said the lot. But we did say the Linus moment didn't necessarily have to. Yeah. Right. We flexed that muscle, haven't we? Um, <laughs> I was about to say that changes episode to episode how we all interpret that. <laughs> I think there's there's a certain. So there's a certain feel to it too, right? It's not just yeah. It's a gut feeling. Yep. All right. Are there so any there. other quotes for this episode? Mm-mm. Nope. Rank it. I'm gonna go with a seven on this one. I'm Me going too. seven point five. Hey, almost unanimous. Wow. So it comes out at seven point one six six seven. All right, our next Christmas episode is from the very next season. It is season two, episode 10. Um, The Pontiac Bandit Returns. And synopsis for this, Jake is forced to cooperate with an old nemesis to get information for Rosa's task force. In the meantime, Gina and Charles agonize over their parents' romantic relationship, and Amy tries to subvert Captain Holt's no-gift policy. Uh, this guest stars Craig Robinson, who appears yeah, once every season as the Pontiac Bandit, who Doug is Judy. Jake Peralta's <laughs> white whale, uh, and is hilarious in the role. Uh, it's, we say it's his white whale, it's also his frenemy. Yeah, definitely. They, they have a strong bond together that, uh, that Peralta does not like. So I really, I have mixed feelings about this episode because I love the Pontiac Bandit stuff. Do not like that they shoved my two least favorite characters into a plot line together. Okay, I love this plot line. I do. I think it's freaking hilarious just because like when they go to open the gift and uh, where is it? 
I'm looking at my quotes. Hold on. And it's a digital scale. It's a digital scale. Oh and Gina's like, Boyle, this is bad. Arthur, I thought our parents were just having a casual thing, casual thing. But presents like this is an old person's third base. And Charles is like, no, that's rubbing butts together. <laughs> <laughs> like, what does that even mean? <clears throat> so I actually really like the Amy plot line in this one. How, again, Holt said no gifts. So she decides to put together a collage of all his past cases and stuff and uh-huh. accomplishments. But in the process, she discovers that one of them he may have made a mistake on so mm-hmm. kind of inwardly uh wrecks her a bit because she's kind of torn between uh sucking up to this guy a bit who's her hero and mentor and versus uh, saying he made a mistake and i'd like their team up as well to reinvestigate that case and mm-hmm. figure it out Uh, was, but this the, was this the tree yeah this was the tree fire yes yeah so in the beginning you have a little mini stakeout going on jake is dressed up like santa and they nab the pontiac bandit in front of a tree farm and as a process of running through the tree farm it gets set ablaze and at the end you have jake who just hauled away you know santa Santa, who just hauled away a perp with a blazing Christmas tree farm behind him. And what does he say? This is what happens when you are naughty or something. Yeah, this is what happens when you're naughty. Something like that. <laughs> and then the, oh. and the, the camera pans over to all of these children watching. <laughs> so one of the things I always like about the show are the names of the various criminals and their gangs and stuff. So I love that... Uh, not only does the Pontiac Bandit come back in this episode, but in order to get a more lenient sentence, he agrees to cut a deal and give them the ringleader behind the Giggle Pig Ring, which I just found yes. a really stupid, funny name. Uh, I love Captain Holt's tagline when he arrested the, what was his name? The Brooklyn Broiler? Yeah. Where he, he takes about, you flamed out, dirt bag. <laughs> <laughs> I would not be opposed to seeing a spinoff of this of young uh, Detective young Holt. Captain Holt. Yep. I would love oh, that. That'd be funny. So we should say for listeners who may not have seen this show, part of what makes his character so funny is he's just so freaking deadpan. The deepest voice, yeah. everything he says in the same monotone, deadpan expression. <laughs> I noticed when watching these Christmas episodes, they kind of gave me the same vibe as the Friends ones in that even though there were Christmassy plot lines, they didn't necessarily give me the Christmas feels a lot. Right. Well, the last one did have your favorite Christmas song in it. Oh, yeah. We forgot to mention that. That's how the episode kicked off. Kicked off with Run DMC. Mm -hmm. Christmas and Hollis. Which was perfect for a Santa fight on New New York City street. Yeah. Eventually, I like Tom, I'll wear you down and get you to admit that's a good song. 
I like when uh, Doug Judy and Jake are eating and Doug Judy's or Jake starts going through Doug Judy's food and he's like, uh, how am I supposed to escape using a lobster? Jake says, squeeze the lemon in my eyes so I can't see, stab me in the jugular with the claw and then shove the tail down my throat so I can't scream for help. I got to keep an eye on you, Judy. You're a slippery guy. <laughs> I feel like this is a normal uh, conversation with my wife on how things will go at dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Any other quotes? I don't have a lot. I don't have any from this one. Honestly. I'm doing one last scan here. Uh, there was another there was another scene where they were in the hotel. Doug Judy goes to the bathroom and Jake looks in. He's like, all right, there's no windows. You can go in, but leave the door open and I'm hanging on to this. And he takes the hair dryer. And yeah. Doug Judy says, what in the world would I do with that? Put it in my face until my eyeballs dry out and I lose my sense of sight and shove it in my mouth so I can't yell for help. Finally, run out the door and disappear forever. But <laughs> Judy's just, no, I was just going to use it to dry my undercarriage later. <laughs> so nasty. <laughs> That's nasty. <laughs> and I like how Doug Judy made, as one of his stipulations, he made uh, Diaz call him Big Sugar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Would you say this was a Christmas episode? The only thing really Christmassy about it was the ongoing thing, the ongoing Santiago giving Holt the present, Gift. right? Yeah. Well, weren't Boyle and Gina with the Christmas yeah, gift? But that didn't feel Christmassy. They went to like. Yeah, but it doesn't feel Christmassy because it's in the no. station and the station's not Christmassy when they're doing most of no. that. Yeah. So it no, does, not feel. does it have a Linus moment? No. Yes. Yes. Boyle and Gina, they are like come to be okay with their parents being together. Right? Tom, does your arm yeah. hurt from stretching? <laughs> no, it's it's about the meaning of what family is and <laughs> Yeah, I, I agreed with you the last episode. I'm not feeling it this one. <laughs> uh, in the loosest of senses, maybe. <laughs> uh, this one's going to be tougher to rank. I'm going a 6.5. That's what I was going to do. 6.5. I'm doing a 7 right. again. 6.66. Which puts that at number 2 so far. So okay, the if, next, if you don't like, if you don't like Boyle, the, the next, next episode, Anthony, the, I got the next episode, season three's episode ten, Yippee Kayak, which also happens to be my favorite of these four episodes. Um, synopsis: Jake, Gina, and Charles are trapped in a department store during an armed robbery, aka real life Die Hard. Meanwhile. Amy, Rosa, and Captain Holt attempt a polar bear plunge while Terry tries to separate his work from his family life. Okay. I love, love Peralta's obsession with Die Hard throughout the entire series. So yes. I loved the pure joy and excitement when they're in this department store and realize he's being robbed. And he says, oh my God, it's really Die Hard. I mean, oh no, crime. <laughs> <laughs> and he just has this giant <laughs> grin on his face. Hilarious. 
so what gets him in the department store anyway is he forgot to buy Charles a present and he knows it's going to devastate him. And so him and Gina were going to go buy one last minute. And then, of course, you know, Charles overhears they're going to go buy a present and he thinks you know, perhaps tells him he actually forgot to buy something for Amy because he didn't want to hurt Charles's feelings. Charles invites himself along on the Christmas present buying session and they end up sneaking in the back door to a department store after it's already closed so they can get that, that sweet 15 minute window before they actually do. I love that 15 minute window. Which is a good except, one except there's so much anxiety. When I worked retail, except when I worked retail and I was like, these yeah. people. Yeah. I'm sure that's what you said. These people. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> <laughs> and so then the place is, you know, taken over, <laughs> overrun by Canadians. Scallywags. <laughs> Canadians, uh, right? Canadians. I loved when <laughs> I don't have the exact quote, but it's when Jake says, <laughs> Jake says to Boyle something like, you know, everything's going to be fine. And Boyle's like, but Jake, Die Hard 5 or whatever. <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah, Die Hard 5. <laughs> um, I like this, the side story with Amy trying to fit in and really get closer to Holt by going on a polar bear swim with Holt and, Re- and Rosa. It was a funny story. I like how, and I, I really enjoyed... When Holt asks Diaz if they were going, she's like, it's either that or go caroling with my family. So yeah, I'd rather walk into the freezing ocean. <laughs> <laughs> I love when Boyle botches a diehard catchphrase and he's like, yippee kayak, oh yippee kayak, other buckets. <laughs> and Jake's That's my favorite. Like, and Jake's like, Boyle, you did it. And you completely butchered the catchphrase. I'm pretty sure it was right. No, but you did great. It was it was epic. That's my that's, what that's I was my favorite line. If you don't love Boyle at that point. I don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> love it. I like seeing Sergeant Jeffers get his backbone too with his brother in law yes. and with uh, the vulture. <laughs> yep. Uh, the he vulture. becomes our our Winslow character from Die Hard. Yep. He does. I love it. The, I never the only, liked the the only thing that was, I wish they had somehow manufactured a fall from the building for one of the villains. Yeah, that would have been nice. Been mm-hmm. Especially since it was like a one-story building. If he'd fallen through the window in a one-story building, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> really yeah. funny. <laughs> now, when, when they're going through it, Jake is giving them all names from Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except Matt, boring name. <laughs> so I like Jeffers, Jeffers and Vulture are going at it. Jeffers, you know, Vulture's trying to intimidate intimidate Terry, and Terry just throws the Vulture over his shoulder. When he's talking to Captain Holt later, he says, "You think people will believe he threw himself in the garbage?" <laughs> <laughs> so the. So the Vulture, for those who don't know, is one of these recurring characters. He is like, um, what's his official title? He's like the tactical... It changes throughout the series. Yeah, he's like, uh, 
He's like some kind of he, not. It's not special ops, but he's like you know some kind of tactical. Uh, you know, he's like a head sniper type guy almost. But um, so I like when he shows up on the scene and Terry's there, and the Vulture's like, "I'm in command here. Look around you. I control all of this. You see that guy behind you, the sniper? He'll shoot whoever I tell him to, even you." And the sniper's like, "No, I won't." <laughs> he's like, "Fine. I'll stay on any rooftop I tell him to. Hey, go stay on that rooftop, guy." <laughs> <laughs> Um, (laughs) at the beginning they're talking about you know we go back to Boyle and Gina's parents being together and uh, Boyle says it's our first Boyle Linetti Christmas are you are you are you excited about going to town on dad's nog (laughs) Gina's like Christmas is cancelled Charles ruined it Uh, important correction daddy's nog (laughs) Isn't that what I said? You said dad. You said oh. dad's. Oh, are you excited about going to so town on work. daddy's nog? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I love the beginning when they're trying, when they get to the store just as it's closing, and Jake is like, wait, no, 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 don't lock the door. I just need to buy one thing. I'll be so fast. I want your pay. And they, they lock the door. He's like, how did that not work? <laughs> oh, I love this episode. This one felt Christmassy to me. Me too. The decor and in the store. The snow. It helped that they were in yep. a department store. Yep. And mm-hmm. um, I think this is definitive evidence for to back up our claim that Die Hard is the Christmas movie that they set their Christmas did their Die Hard episode yep. at Christmas. Yeah, agree. <laughs> um, and it even has a nice line this moment too between Boyle and Peralta the end you don't it's not necessary to touch my face it's christmas a time for friendship (laughs) no but i i did like that whole story where he realized he messed up not getting charles a gift and he is panicking trying to get him one because he knows how much it means to his friendship means to him Mm -hmm. and and we didn't talk about the opener The opener is so funny to me. Which opener is it? This is the one with the package. Well, so right? we have, yeah, so we okay. have Amy again trying to give a present to Captain Holt when he's already said he doesn't do presents. Um, do you want to do the quote, Tom, or you want me to? I do have it. Do you have it up? Yeah. Go for it. Out of your sex tape. There you go. Uh, um, so Jake goes, so, because Amy's been telling him about this gift. She's like, I wrapped this present and he doesn't know it's me. I wrote it with my left hand and I put it on his desk and he's not even going to know it's me, but I can still give him a present and here's my way around it. Jake goes, so to recap, you just left an unmarked package on a police captain's desk on a random Monday with a suspicious message written on it that looked like it was scrawled by a crazy person. And she goes, uh-huh. And he goes, and Hulk comes up, bomb. There's a bomb. Everyone out. Let's go. This is not a drill. Jake's like, great, babe. <laughs> I also like it a lot more now that Santiago and Jake are together. That's That was a surprise yeah. to me. Like, I saw it coming, but... I had not, I've not watched some episodes between the last Christmas one and this one. So oh, I was like, well, oh, then, we're together. Uh, earmuff. Uh, it's totally fine. I no, we're we're well beyond safe spoiler here. It's totally oh, great. So you know about the marriage and everything? No, I don't. Good one, Tom. No, <laughs> no, uh, 
you know about the widowhood or widower? <laughs> no, I don't. Or the baby? <laughs> um, oh, I also like when they're super cute together. I also like when, yeah. Jake, when Jake is calling Jeffers uh, Terry when he's upset, you know, in the in the store and he needs help. And Jeffers is, is in front of his family. He's praying, and his phone goes off. <laughs> this better be an emergency. There better be a gun to your head. He's like Charles Gina and I are in a hostage situation. Terry goes, "Oh God, I should have said the gun thing." Terry regrets the way he entered the phone. <laughs> I love when he talks about himself in the third person. <laughs> oh, Tom, oh, Tom does too. Tom does too. <laughs> I am, um... <clears throat> but. I love Peralta and Boyle's friendship and because they could have easily made it where this Boyle's kind of this annoying character, right? Whether you like him or not, they could have easily made it where he's just the butt of a joke and Jake doesn't really like him. He's just forced to work with him, but they do actually care. He actually cares about him, which I thought was nice. It subverts expectations. Yeah. I like that the cologne he wears is, I don't remember what it's called other than stank. Cowboy stank. Right? Cowboy stank. <laughs> I'm a stank man. Just... <laughs> 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 I like how woefully inappropriate Boyle is through the whole thing. When, he is. <laughs> when, when, through the whole show, when he opens the present that Jake got, got for Amy, uh, and it's the mm-hmm. cowboy stank, and Jake goes, well, what can I say? I, I guess I just want her to smell like you. And Boyle just said, that's weird. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm giving this episode a cold, hard 10. Same. I have my name as a 10. <gasps> Me too. We have a perfect 10. Yeah, this is the it perfect is, 10. It's the best of, of all worlds. This it is was. Ethan's favorite 9-9 episode of all time. I think it's... It's a good choice. Yeah. You know, it's really... I'm really bummed that since they've moved over, now it, sh- it starts in the, in the spring. So we get our first episodes in January, and we, won't, we haven't had Christmas yeah. episodes in years. Yeah. Uh-huh. That is sad. Although maybe a Patreon at some point would be Halloween episodes are quite, quite funny. They're Thanksgiving the ones. Thanksgiving ones are funny. Yeah. That's right. So there are other holidays we may cover in the future. But for now, we're down to our last Brooklyn Nine-Nine oh, Christmas man. episode. Season four, episode 10, Captain Latvia. Charles and Jake try to get a unique toy back from a Latvian gang before Christmas while the rest of the team prepares to face the talented, smug Metropolitan Transportation Authority in a caroling competition. AKA Parks and Rec's version of the library. Theirs is the MTA. That's right. It is. Which, understandable. I can't understand hating the library, but hating the MTA, I'm right there with the (laughs) 9-9. Uh, we so, have special guests this time. We, we do. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you go ahead because I don't know any of their names. Uh, I only know one, and that is that we have Boyle's wife, Genevieve. 
-hmm. Genevieve Boyle, who is played by Mary Lynn Rashkub. Um, and I knew her. She played Chloe for years on 24. Okay. That's right. Her face is super familiar. Has she done comedy stuff? Uh, let me look. I just knew her from, I was just excited to see her from 24. Uh, she was in Little Miss Sunshine. That's where I recognized her from then. Always, she's on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. She's mm -hmm. the recurring character on here. Yeah, and I wish she was not a recurring character on here. She's in I, Two Broke Girls, which you also love, and Californication. I love Californication. I hate Two Broke Girls. I know you hate Two Broke Girls. Uh, I hate her character on here. I hate, what's her name, Genevieve? Is Genevieve. I hate Genevieve. I hate Nicolaj. I think they bring out the worst in Boyle's character for me. I don't like Boyle. Boyle's over the top as it is. He doesn't need the over the top wife to make him even more over the top. Granted, I like Boyle and Jake's stuff, so Boyle had some great lines episode. Uh, but there were some great lines with Jake and Nicolaj. Like when uh, Nicolaj is like, uh, we made daddy Latvian uh, Christmas cookies. Jake says he wants one. Genevieve says the potato really brings out the vinegar. And Jake just looks, neither of those are cookie things. I'm just going to put that back. <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> uh, okay. I loved when, <laughs> when, okay, so in Boyle's anger because Jake keeps trying to hold him back, wait for backup on their whole raid to get this toy from a gang of <laughs> Latvians. Um, Boyle tells Jake he'll never be a father. <laughs> at, at the end when everything... At the end when everything... I don't know if I have that quote. Okay, hold on. Uh... Charles says, and I'm sorry you'll never be a dad. Nope, that's not. Hold on. That's, that's, that's the quote I was going to read because that quote. <laughs> uh, Jake says, why are you acting this way? Charles says, because I made a promise to my son. You can't understand that because you're not a father. You'll never be. Jake said, hey, yes, I will. Charles, when, Jake, we're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so when <laughs> Charles apologizes to Jake at the end, he's like, and I'm sorry you'll never be a dad. I said you'll never be a dad. You will be. And you can make it happen tonight. Just go to Amy and make sure afterwards that she holds her knees to her chest for at least eight seconds. And Jake's yeah. like, all right, I think I'm good on this. Through <laughs> 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 uh, uh, when Nicolaj gets his p present, <laughs> that line which I will say is a Linus moment. He's like, it is a Linus moment. Oh, it's a policeman, just like you, Papa. The coolest present ever. I'm Detective Papa. I'm going to the farmer's market. I hope they have a good I love when they're stuck between. The police car and the wall, or the or the trucks, or whatever. 
and uh, they're both sh- Jake and Charles are both shimmying trying to get out. And Charles, is, and Charles is like, oh, damn it. My pants are snagged. And Jake is like, ha ha, now you have to wait for backup. No, I don't. I'm going to shimmy them off. <laughs> he starts shimmying, staring directly into Jake's eyes. <laughs> Jake is like, oh, God, the eye contact is the worst part. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, oh, the opening. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just about to say that the, literally the next line after he gets out is something you mentioned earlier, where, where Boyle is like, ah, "I told you, Jake, I'll do anything to perk up my little man." <laughs> like, you gotta know how gross that sounds in your underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I've got so many quotes from this oh. one, y'all. Uh, when they're blowing up the, at the in the opener, when they're blowing up the tree in the uh, break room, you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that part's funny. That's and Amy's like, opener. "It's getting really big. What size tree did you get?" Jake says, "It's a jumbo." Terry says, "It says it's ten meters." And Captain Holt, "That's roughly thirty-two point eight feet." Like just off the top of his head, and they all run out and they leave Terry inside. And Jake says, "Well." Terry's trapped in the break room forever. Only thing we can do now is move on with our lives. It's what Terry would have wanted. And then Terry comes and jumps out the window. (laughs) Nine, nine. (laughs) Um, So back to the shimmying. Yes. Jake is like, Charles, stop scooching. And Charles is like, I am going to scooch. You don't tell me when to scooch. And Jake is like, I can't get by. Curse my beautiful bubble butt. And Charles is like, see? All Boyle men are blessed with a, f- with a flat ass, which is perfect for scooching. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, <laughs> when, when uh, Genevieve and, and uh, when they're all back together with Genevieve, and uh, Charles upset. He's like, oh, God, I'm melting. I'm literally turning into a puddle. Genevieve, hold me. She said, I got you, babe. Oh, honey, that flat bottom of yours is perched right on top of my ute. <laughs> Jesus. I'm going to pretend none of that was said for the sake <laughs> of the child. I love what Jake says to Charles. Pretty crazy. I took out that Latvian mob guy back there. And Charles is like, I know. I felt like a superhero, like Hulk's mom. And Jake is like, why the mom? <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> I'm going to go back to another Genevieve quote. Where did I put that? Where Jake says, oh, the boys are here. Good tidings. Genevieve, you're looking. And Charles says, sexy as a mink. And Jake says, I was going to say festive due to the scarf. Charles says, the bra underneath is insane. And Genevieve says, it is. Jake says, okay, parenthood has not changed you. (laughs) (laughs) So I I love that Boyle's clubbing outfit. (laughs) <laughs> and, he, and he keeps undoing buttons on his shirt, <laughs> revealing his chest hair. And Jake is like, did you unbutton another button? And Boyle's like, eyes up here, Jake. So did you learn anything? Or are you just staring at my body the whole time? <laughs> I feel like I'm reading all of these. Um, again, I like the Genevieve Boyle 
Nikolaj stuff in this episode. I get it. Sometimes it's too much, but here it was where Jake's like, so are you excited for Christmas, bud? Nikolaj says, yes, I'm so excited. And Genevieve says, this is Nikolaj's first Christmas because the orphanage kept canceling it. Once it was blizzards, once it was fires, and once it was, and Nikolaj says, famine. And Genevieve looked down. That's right. Famine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I made a mistake because I thought this is in the Die Hard episode, but this nope. is the episode they mentioned Die Hard 5. Jake mm-hmm. says, trust me, it's going to be fine. And Boyle says, really? Because he said that about Die Hard 5, Jake. And Jake is like, oh, it's not going to be fine. <laughs> we haven't even really, I mean, it was there. We didn't. We haven't talked much at all about the 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 caroling competition which is actually right. really funny because you get to see some emotion from captain holt who just really wants to take down these knaves as he calls them. <laughs> whoa you kiss your you kiss your husband with that mouth <laughs> you bet i do and tonight i'm going to sing with it we're taking down the mta <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, so, none of them can sing, as you would expect from a plot, a plot line like this. But <laughs> somebody they had uh, locked up for public intoxication has a voice of an angel when drunk. So, they take him to the competition. He gets stage fright because he's sober. So, Amy breaks <laughs> the rules and goes all unethical and gets him drunk again and then he goes on stage do you have the quote she has for that uh, no i don't do you have it what's up y'all guess who just saved your butts that's right miss not good enough to audibly percuss rosa looks like <laughs> who and he goes me i saved the full day i got patrick drunk listen <laughs> uh the funny part uh the, the <laughs> I love when Patrick's on stage, drunkenly rambling, and he's like, New York City sucks! Hoboken for life! <laughs> and he falls off the stage. <laughs> it's a great fall. <laughs> Back to inappropriate Doyle. Have y'all talked about the um, when Jake's trying to tell him he's a good parent and all that stuff? Did y'all do that quote yet? I don't think uh, so. Nope. So... Charles is bummed that he didn't get this action figure. And Jake goes, don't talk like that. You're really strong, all right? And you're a parent now, which makes you even stronger. I mean, think about all those moms who literally lift buses off their kids every day. Charles goes, oh, so you're saying I should tap into my mommy's strength. Jake, yeah, or daddy's strength, but whatever. Charles goes, right, time to put some daddy into my mommy. Jake goes, got to be a better way to phrase that. Let's go. (laughs) So I I love the exchange between Charles and Jake, where he's like, come on, focus, Jake. My boy's happiness is at stake. I mean, read the email Genevieve just sent me. Skip the part about her bra. And Jake is like, impossible. It's all caps bolded. (laughs) 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 There's a photo of him karate chopping a This this Latvian toy that they have to get his power is he can talk to possums. (laughs) (laughs) I love when they make fun of former former Eastern European bloc countries. 
<laughs> so I love what they're interrogating the warehouse guy, and Boyle keeps breaking the glass mugs with his bare hands, the ceramic mugs with his bare hands <laughs> as so a fun. method of intimidation. And Jake is like, how do you keep doing that? So, so at, the end, at the end, once they get their answer, Jake picks up the mug and smashes it. And he's like, oh God, is it bleeding? <laughs> Oh goodness. Um I d- I don't have the quote by love when the drunk guy gets stage fright because he's sober. He's sober. So they have to make up an excuse to go off stage. <laughs> Captain Hull says, "There's a bomb. There's a bomb. Not here. We have to go. There's a bomb." And they go behind stage and the MTA's like, "We did some phone calls." It turns out the only bomb there was was you bombing off, bombing off that stage. <laughs> you know the only thing that could have made this make this better better? Uh, I wish the the guy who heads up the MTA were the same guy who was heads up the sanitation department from Parks and Rec. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see his his energy and his responses to Holt. I um. So the moment at the end where he gets an action figure of his father is definitely a Linus moment. Yep. And then uh, it's also a Linus moment when what's his name goes caroling at the house. Scully. Scully Scully goes caroling alone. And Jake is like, "Oh, you're just out here caroling alone." It's like, "Yeah, I guess I am." And then Holt says, no, you're not. And the rest of the nine, nine shows up to Carol with him and they're awful, but it's a really sweet moment because you have the Christmas lights around the door and it's starting to snow. And it's a really nice Christmassy ending to the episode. It is. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is a Christmas episode in my mind and a past Linus test. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Same here. And I'm coming in at a 9.75. 9.8. Anthony? Eight. Okay. To rank these in order, coming in dead last at number four is season two, episode 10, The Pontiac Returns, the 6.67. The Pontiac can't bandit. (laughs) The Pontiac Returns. Uh, The Pontiac Pontiac Bandit Returns at a 6.67. At number three, season one, episode 11, Christmas, at a 7.167. At number two, season four, episode 10, Captain Latvia, at a 9.183. And at number one, at a perfect 10, season three, episode 10, Yippee Kayak. Other buckets. <laughs> Uh, we need shirts that say that uh god yes we do we do need some (laughs) something that says that i can i can hopefully get on that soon (laughs) that was oh that was good um we'd love to hear what you thought about these episodes or any of the tv episodes or movies that we've covered we are on all of the social medias, you can find us by going to tisthepodcast.com slash Facebook for our Facebook page, Facebook group, which is way cooler than our page. Reddit mm-hmm. for our subreddit, which is pretty active. Twitter, 
we'll tweet back to you, we promise, or Instagram. Uh, we're on all of those. Uh, the Reddit and the Facebook group are much more active than, than the others, but we love talking to y'all anywhere. And there's uh, one other place that y'all can talk to us that I think Anthony's going to tell you about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Check out our Patreon page, um, which you can access at tisapodcast.com slash Patreon if you want extra content for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, you could get full-length bonus episodes which we are committed to trying to do one per month. Hopefully we can get something up by the end of January. I don't know. But, um, and the, depending on how much you want to give to support the show, you could get stickers, Christmas cards. You could even possibly host an episode. Um, so check that out. Next week, we are covering, just in time for Groundhog's Day, the infamous lost episode, Pete's Christmas. Yay! (laughs) And the week after, we are covering Netflix's The Christmas Prince 3, The Royal Baby. Anthony, can you do me a favor? It depends on the favor (laughs) is. Can you go into Pete's Christmas open-minded? I I promise you. If anything, I this might help me more because I have such low expectations that I might be like, oh, that's not as bad as I remember it. Mm-hmm. That's happened to me a few times on this episode. Mm-hmm. While I am not looking forward to next week's episode, do you know what I am looking forward to? What? There are only 7,848 hours until christmas it's only 327 days 46 weeks we're gonna be out of the 300s before you know it guys honestly oh yeah yeah we will it's starting to go a little too fast already (laughs) i'm i'm fine with the fastness (laughs) i'm fine with the speed right now (laughs) (laughs) thanks for joining us for another week go do your homework and come back next week oh lord yippee kayak (laughs) other buckets.